0: This is The 20 with DJ Spider Presented by BeatSource What up everyone? Welcome to The 20 Podcast Bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers And music industry professionals from around the globe I'm your host, DJ Spider That's right And you know it This podcast is brought to you by BeatSource And today is a huge day in the history of BeatSource and DJing as a whole because we are finally able to announce our partnership with Serato. BeatSource will be integrated into Serato in October and there is a public beta that I think is out right now as you're listening to this. So if you're super uh, nerdy or ahead of the game and you want to go try it out, just remember it's a beta, but you are able to actually test out BeatSource Link and Beatport Link inside of serato which is game changing next level we've been waiting for this so go play around with it i've been already doing it i use this website sound is to take my playlist that i've created on other services and transfer it so for example i created this crazy playlist um, on spotify this summer of all these songs i like I used that to change it over to BeatSource and now inside of BeatSource I've got this massive playlist that I created and I can use BeatSource link to DJ off of it inside of Serato. It's crazy. Nothing else is, is like this. I mean it's, it's so exciting I can't explain. So definitely go peep that, spread the word, try it out, give us the feedback. Anything you tell us can really help to make this better. This is the future of DJing. Um and we are happy to be on the forefront of it. So go test that out. Also head over to beatsource.com. We've got all these curated playlists that you could save into your account. I saved like old school acapellas, instrumentals, all of these curated things, the Afrobeats playlist, Afrobeats Essentials, the new stuff. I mean, all these things I love. I save into my account and then boom, they show up in my Serato and I can DJ from it, or they show up into your preferred hardware or software. So I'm talking about it a lot because I'm super excited. Go test that out. Shout to everyone that's working so hard on this at DJ City and BeatSource. Um, I'm just so proud of everybody and excited. Um, and I'm also proud and excited to have our next guest on here. This dude is legendary in the DJ world, in the three-style world, in the all-around dope DJ world. Um, he's a producer He's a label owner He's a touring DJ He's toured the world He's been to countries that you've probably never heard of Or just can't pronounce um, He is a Red Bull 3 style world champion From 2014 He has his own record label Crispy Crust Records That he releases all types of stuff on With the Drunken Masters A lot of German hip hop And all kinds of stuff um, And basically This dude drops endless knowledge on us in this podcast from music organization tips to just hearing what's going on inside of his brain during this time and getting insight into what's the deal with DJ shows and things happening in Europe and Germany and um, a lot of really interesting topics. He also tells us some hilarious stories. Uh, that involves some of your favorite DJs from around the world. I love talking to this guy. Hopefully, he can come back on again because this conversation went on forever, but I feel like it could have kept going. Um, please make some noise for our next guest coming up SK83 from Germany. SK83, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So, yes, let's welcome SK83 to the 20 podcast. What is going down? What
1: up, uh, uh, thanks for having me, yes. big fan of the show.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you, big fan of your DJing and all your stuff, record label production nice. and everything you've been doing, I mean, I feel like we've known each other through social media forever and I feel like we've had like kind of a connection just through our styles of DJing um, and the, our mutual friends and stuff, so it's like, I feel like it's a long time coming to have this conversation and everything, it's really cool. Yeah. We met once, I think, in in Austin, right? Yeah, for sure. I remember we got to hang at South by Southwest. You were DJing the um, Scratch Bastard Barbecue. Um, you killed it. It was so much fun. There were so many dope DJs there. Um, I think that's when I met Buck Rogers and um, a lot of different just super dope DJs. A lot of late night scratch sessions during that, that week, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> super fun. Um, I missed yeah. this. I missed this. <laughs> I know, man. I mean, well, I want to get into that, like, because I know you're in <laughs> Germany. We're here. I want, kind of, want to know, like, the difference. You know, we've been talking to people all over the world in a way. Like, a lot of U.S. people, and then lately, like, we talked to Walshy Fire last week, and he's in the Caribbean, and he just had a show canceled in Tahiti, and it's interesting to see what's happening around the mm-hmm. world. I know you're in Dresden, Germany. For people that don't know, right? Yeah. Um so what is it like? What's the DJ scene there like right now? Um our city is known for techno music.
1: Uh, our most iconic clubs are techno clubs since the early 90s, you know. We are, Dresden is in East Germany. So right. my parents and also I was born in uh, in East Germany okay. when there was still a wall. I can't really remember that time. But um, I think it influenced us heavy, uh, heavily, yeah. uh, especially on the music, because we didn't have all the access to the tracks that um, the West had. Right. And so my, my, my parents were listening to totally different stuff. They don't speak English very well. So, you know, for me, um, becoming a hip-hop DJ was kind of weird because everyone one that I know here was into electronic music, and was the same for me. Like all my older friends, my my cu- cousin, they all were listening to electronic music, techno, and happy rave and stuff like that. You know, happy yeah. hardcore, like yeah, really hard, uh, if you will, EDM, early EDM stuff, and um, that's what I was growing up to. And uh, I discovered hip hop through German rap. That came up in 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 the late '90s, and then I discovered U.S. rap and stuff like that. And this is, I think, this kind of the same for a lot of DJs that grew up here and then also in and that are my my age, you know. Yeah. So they have an influence in electronic music, but also especially in German rap and hip-hop and later than the all the U.S. rap and stuff like that.
0: Right. There's a huge hip-hop scene in Germany as well as reggae dance hall, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I know that, like you said, that in America, we're like, oh, we're hip-hop, we got all our stuff. But I remember going out there when I was probably 18, 19, and there were – I my mind was kind of blown to the amount of um german hip hop groups there were that were just killing it in their own world super dope beats i couldn't i didn't understand what they were saying a lot of the time but um i just remember feeling like the culture was crazy strong and that was the 90s late 90s probably um yeah. so and then i was also surprised to see so much reggae and dancehall influence out there yeah
1: so the German rap was really what got me into hip-hop and making music and DJing. Right. Because basically every crew had all elements of hip-hop in the group. Yeah. You know, uh, there was something that if you want to have a party, you had this typical hip-hop jam kind of thing, you know, with the break dance, graffiti, uh, but all um, German guys, you know, <laughs> girls. Right. Yeah. And... Uh, well, they were rapping about um, stuff that um, were relevant to us, you know, so that was something that really interested me more than the, the electronic music that I was listening to at this point, and they had topics that I could relate to, you know, and... Uh, metaphors that i understand you know because i know the the words i still still till today i have problems to get the all the metaphors i hope i pronounced that right in in uh, english rap music because sometimes you know you don't you have to listen really deeply or uh, of course yeah to, to it to get what they are saying you know and uh that was that got me into hip-hop, and I always liked the cool guy in the back spinning the records and making the beats, and most of the time also doing the primo type of scratch hooks and stuff, you know? Yeah, was, same. There was something that that got me into, into that, and uh, I was also big in, uh, had a big interest in computer, and I uh, got... Uh, these computer programs to pr- pr- program my own beats and stuff, you know. So that yeah. that was how how I started with 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 hip hop, basically. Yeah,
0: that's dope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it seems like, uh, yeah, even the graffiti scene out there, remember, was huge. Like all the and the dancing. I mean, it just definitely seemed like the German, you know, like was like it was keeping the culture alive in Germany, you know, in like a big yeah. way back then. And I'm sure that influenced you then to you know, be open to the American stuff. Um, So apart from that, like, what about right now? Like just to, for people that don't know what's happening during the pandemic and stuff, I saw you did like a post less than a week ago, like, September 5th, you have a show coming up. Yeah, yeah, this Saturday. So I have one. What's you know, it's kind of crazy. You see, I saw, like, DJ5 and Eric Deluxe and A-Track and Ruckus just did a drive-in show yesterday, like, about an Mm -hmm. hour from my house. And things are slowly coming up. Like, what is the show you're doing on September 5th? What's it going to be like?
1: So, um, you know, our lockdown was really early. So my last show was, um, I think, in the second weekend of March. I came home from Moscow Rebel 3 Style National Finals. I I think it must be the same last show for me and for J. Espinosa and Puffy because we were all there.
0: I I remember seeing. I saw J. Espinosa coming back, and I was like, wow, all this stuff's going down because my stuff was getting canceled at the same time.
1: Actually, when I got into Moscow on this weekend, they – on, on the weekend we got in, they said no more people from outside will be let into the country without a 14 days of ca- ca- quarantine. Yeah. Wow. So we were, nothing happened to us. We were the lucky ones, right? And then yeah. we, I, actually, I was happy that I got home and, you know, uh, and then they, they closed the schools. Then it was lockdown. I was home. And, you know, there's this meme going around DJing. 2019 you see this DJ spinning and then I think you posted that right with the dishwasher and stuff like that. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, that was was me for the next weeks. And since then, you know, I had no show and I had an offer for a drive-in, but uh, the concept, I think the concept is great. If it is, uh, if it's well promoted, I would do it. But the, the offer that I had, I was like, nah, It didn't feel right, you know, so um, also it was so hot and I could not imagine myself to sit in the car and watch a DJ for that long, you know, and also the price were ridiculous high and all this stuff. So we canceled the show and now I got another offer for September because uh, the regulations changing all the time and they open it up more and more. And, uh, you know, Germany is separated into 16 federal states. And every federal states make its own laws. Um, we have their own, uh, they have their own Corona or COVID regulations. And in the federal state that I will go to um, on Saturday, they are uh, pretty open since a longer time already. And they allow events up to 1,000 people the people have to keep distance of one and a half meters. I don't know how much uh, feeds or the, the, right. The, the <laughs> it's always hard it's okay. for me to, but you know, you have to keep the distance. I think it's the same, like everywhere. And now, uh, right. And is you it have inside?
0: to like, is no, it no, be... it's outside. It's oh, outside. outside.
1: It's still summer, you know, yeah. it is outside and, uh, it will be an open air festival type of stage. The, the area is super wide, so it is actually for, it is capacity 1,000, but the venue is way bigger than that, and yeah. um, um, so people can keep distance, they have to wear masks, so I think if everyone goes with the rules, is a safe situation, it can work. Yeah. But you know as when people start drinking it gets dark outside they get excited you know we will see what happens I've I've seen other events that totally as es- uh, um how is it escalated is this the right word
0: Yeah that's right uh, yeah like,
1: where you have like typical mosh pit and all this stuff and yeah we will see what happens I'm happy that I have the show because you know we you know the situation it's hard to earn money as a dj right now so i'm i'm happy to have the show i'm happy to play for my fans the feedback was was really good and um we will see what what happens
0: yeah that's good i mean i'm glad you can do that yeah out here hardly any shows or there'll be drive-ins i haven't seen anything like mm. that level you know but um that's um yeah, that's so cool. And like you said, it's so. It's crazy for DJs. I'm sure so many different industries, but it's almost like our money flow was just completely unplugged from the wall. It's just like gone, you know? And so yeah. everybody is definitely, I think everyone's in the same situation and different situations for how prepared they are, what other income they have, even what they want to do if they're thinking about like, should I even be doing this and wait it out you know so um i know it's it is really interesting um and i and i see like people that believe all types of different things on Mm -hmm. everywhere in america and i feel like it's all over the world i saw like there's big protests happening in berlin is that like what what's what's it like in germany for the coronavirus like are there people that don't believe it are people that you know what's the whole vibe on it out there you have all
1: types of people people I think the majority of the people believe in the virus because it's real, but right. our government made a good job early on to keep it low. So we yeah. couldn't, uh, like, I don't know. No one that had serious problems from having it, you know? Right. And I, I know people working in hospitals and it's not like that. The hospitals are super crowded and you like, the scenes from New York, we don't have that. I haven't right. seen any of this. Right. Because I think there is a lot of um, reasons for that. Our health system is different to other countries, you know. Right. And um, as I said, they, they reacted really quickly and really drastically. Um, on the So the, the the problem here is not so huge as in other countries. In right. Italy, is, it was really bad. In Spain, it was really bad. And um, over here, the problem is that a lot of people think that the regulations are um, not uh, reasonable no more. You know? Right. Yeah. Because so many businesses got shut down. Restaurants, cinemas, hotels. And they it it's six months now. You know, yeah. half of a year, and I still haven't had any show. Yeah, I know clubs same. and festivals and all that stuff that we are not able to earn money, and we all respect that because we want to save lives. We uh, I don't want to see people dying. I don't want to have like these crazy stuff yeah. going on. You know, uh-huh. uh, this is we we all need to um, step back and take care for each other. I'm really for that, but on the other side. Uh, I know a lot of people built businesses for decades, and they might lose this within three, four, five, six months. I know, and they are ruined. You know, and they can't feed their families no more. Yeah, and I've seen this in Italy. I've seen this in Spain. They, uh, these countries, uh, live off tourism, and when people cannot travel and go there and do their vacation, these countries will be uh damned you know yeah so the tough decision to make for the governments to open up or to leave it closed and also for every single person um what is the right thing to do on one side we all need to make our money we need to like pay our bills and we need to take care of our people on the other side we are part of a society and we need to take also see the bigger picture, you know, be there for each other. And um, the big problem is that many um, organizations and big businesses got a lot of money from the government, like Lufthansa, billions of euros. Yeah. And on the other side, artists uh, got payments that they now have to pay back. Oh, wow. You know, stuff like that. This is crazy. So... I know people that are uh, ba- bassists or drummers in bands of really successful bands, and they made a good living out of being a musician in a band. And now they back in into a regular job. You know, yep. this is kind of a weird situation. So where they draw the line, or these people are worth to help? Uh, we give Lufthansa billions of euros, and they still fire twenty five thousand people. And on the other side, um, artists uh, get no help at all, you know, and they have to first spend all the money they made um, and want to keep to have something when they older, uh, their savings um, before you get any government support. You know, this is kind of a super weird situation. And on yeah. the other side, you have these computer uh, companies that make tons of money right now because they are selling webcams for example you know right yeah or the del- delivery uh companies you know it's a strange thing and um I, d- I have no answer for that but um yeah you know i don't know what to say about this we need to like find uh a point where we can start again work for us and um you know start again with what we did before i know to, to, without hurting people you know
0: right it's so crazy <laughs> you know, is, yeah i know it's, tough. it's, it's so tough. tough and like so many industries and exactly and then it's creating so much tension and anger within everyone too that it's hard for them to see the big yeah. picture um, but at the same time like you said like there's going to be no more musicians and DJs and nightclubs and anything after a while, if they just keep it stopped, but then we want to protect everyone. It's it's such a crazy uh, thing. Yeah. Um, What I
1: want to, what I want to add is because of the demo, the, the, the big um, stuff going on in Berlin, the thing is so many people going there because they have a problem with the COVID regulations. Some of them just don't like masks. They don't want to wear them for whatever reason, you know? Yeah. Some of them are people like me that build a business and they cannot work no more. Others are against uh, the government and uh, they hate what they are doing since years, you right. know? Some of them are uh, Nazis, you know? Right, yeah. And so all these types of groups come together and they don't have as... Sim- uh, 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 I don't know if similar is the right word, but they have a common, a common goal. Yeah. And so you have tons of people on the street, but there is like no common goal. So it's kind of pointless because nothing really happens. And also the government don't really know what to tell them because some of them, they don't believe in Corona. Some of them don't want to wear a mask. You know, this is kind of weird what is going on. And now they also brought the, uh, uh, like uh, John JFK's Jr. I don't know what is it, yeah. exactly relation. And he's talking about 5 gi and like what the, what is Whoa. this you know like
0: <laughs> it's like stupidity is just spreading around the world all over Whoa. I know I saw that this morning on Twitter I'm like what is he doing out there what is he talking about yeah so and also the, the
1: guy who was translating his speech sometimes said totally different things and I was like you're <laughs> translating the wrong stuff and people were like yeah And it was, it was so, so weird. And also they put on the news, like fake numbers and shit. Like they say millions of people are on the street. What's not true. I've been to big raves in Berlin with millions of people and you cannot walk when in Berlin was this big techno parade, love parade. Yeah. I was there as, as when I was younger and there was millions of people and was not looking like this, you know? Right. It was, you know, it's weird. It's like,
0: it's 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 crazy because it's almost exactly what you describe happening there is what's happening here as well. You know, the same people too from racist or Nazi kind of people mixed with the non-mask people mixed with just mad at the government for the past four years people mixed. It's all together and there's no common message and then they're all sort of hijacking or taking each other's movement and, and um, I guess, like, crowd and then trying to push it forward and use it for their own thing. It's so crazy. And that's what makes... It's almost slowing everything down. If we would just yeah. all come together, whether you believe in the mask or not, it obviously does something. Like, let's just end this and then we can all go back and, like, do what we were doing. But it's just... This drags it out and makes it more confusing. But it's crazy how... It can be so different and so similar in, in two different places, you know? Yeah. Um, well, let's, uh. you know, now that we know that, like... It's complicated. Uh, it is <laughs> so complicated. Bit. I hope for the best and hopefully at what everyone says about the fall where things will get worse does not happen. I hope... I feel like we've all trained this whole six months, five months to learn how to wash our hands Be safe, put your thing, keep everybody safe. And then now it feels a little more normal to go back into the world while being safe at the same time. Hopefully Mm -hmm. we can make this happen, you know. Um, So I know you're from Dresden. I've heard people that come and visit you there. You're very knowledgeable about Dresden. You you know every fact (laughs) and uh, all about German hip hop and everything. So I was thinking, since we can't travel, we can't come there. You can't come here. Uh, can you take us maybe like virtually tell us what's your favorite food spot out there? Is there somewhere wh- where would you take someone uh, if they're not from there, like to a food place?
1: Yo, I get this question so often and because I was traveling so much in the last years, I don't really go out that much.
0: <laughs> I understand that. Especially being a dad, you want to be home with your kids.
1: Yes. And, um, most of the time, um, I go to a friend's restaurant, and his his name is Sven Fürster, and uh, he has his family restaurant. Uh, I think his his dad started it, and they are two brothers that are continuing the the, the restaurant, and they have all types of international food. Not just like to go there, and they have typical uh, food from my area. Oh, cool! At the federal state Dresden is a Saxony, and okay. um, we have. Um, typical dishes like potato soup and uh, um a, a, a beef kind of thing i don't i don't know yeah. the english term <laughs> i'm sorry it's um, all good and uh but yeah you can also have like typical german stuff like bratwurst and uh stuff like that or um pasta i love pasta you know like my favorite dishes are pizza pasta I'm known for that fast food life. You know, every time I'm on tour with others and, or promoters, they always get the info up front from the, my booking agent that, yo, don't, don't bring them to local food.
0: <laughs>
1: if it's not Italy, don't, don't bring them to eat local food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what, you just eat fast food anywhere you go? On tour, on
1: Italy. tour. Yeah, on tour, because I want to keep it safe. Man, I had these uh, accidents when I uh, was in Asia and they brought me to this restaurant and I don't want to say where it was because I don't want to like, you know, talk bad about any country, but yeah, I couldn't, my stomach couldn't handle it. And I, I, I say like this, I had not enough underwear with me to (laughs) handle the situation I had, but you know, you (laughs) got to, I had to DJ and I was really sick from it. And I don't, I don't know. Like if you eat, just Starbucks, pizza, and stuff like that, and burgers. It's most of the time. It's hard to fuck up, you know. And right. And uh, yo, there's this funny story. I'm not. Al- I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but I'll do it. Man. Um, yes. Say so it, we were please. for Red Bull Three Style <laughs> in yeah. Tokyo, and everybody, everybody was so stoked to be in Tokyo for the sushi, right? And yeah. I don't need fish. I don't need fish. What? <laughs> yeah, because as a kid, I had an I had these little fish bones inside my throat oh. and I have you know but anyways as soon as I smell fish I was like nah but that, that's not a story so we were all excited about it and um, I was so hungry from the travel and they wanted to all go out eat sushi and I was like say nah, right. I will stay in the hotel and sleep but what I did I went to McDonald's and got me. <laughs> Big Macs and all type of stuff and a big bag. And then I came back to the hotel and tried to sneak it in. And yo, the lobby was full of people and Jeff walked in as well. And he had a McDonald's
0: bag as well. So I was about to say, <laughs> I, I heard Jeff never ate ramen or something until no, like no. a year ago, right?
1: So we were like with the McDonald's
0: bags and it was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, You're all the way in Tokyo and you can't even uh, eat sushi. Yo, That's so but, funny. But
1: uh, Grand Theft uh, t- took me to a sushi spot and I tried it. I really liked it. So oh, nice. So since then, uh, um, I'm not addicted to it. I don't consider it food because it <laughs> it, it is tasty as a snack, but I, I cannot eat a lot of it so that I'm not hungry no more, you know? Got it, got it. But I, I really enjoyed eating it. That's good. good. It was good. It was really good.
0: And Grand Theft knows. He's an expert. I've been to sushi with him. I'm trying to, he actually might be one of the next uh, upcoming guests on here. So I'll ask him about that, where he took you, (laughs) what he got you to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, That's funny. Well, actually that kind of leads into, I was going to wait till later to talk about some of the internet questions, but one of the first things that people said when I put on that you were going to be a guest on here, um, DJ Trey's wrote, Is pineapple an acceptable topping for pizza? Which then immediately DJ Koo said yes. DJ James said he had a really strong opinion on it. And everyone just started weighing in. By Within five minutes, we had videos of DJ uh wood fire pizza oven and things coming up. So, (laughs) weigh in on this. Is pineapple an acceptable pizza topping?
1: I don't like it. I think everyone can eat whatever they want to so so actually for me it's fine but um so you believe in
0: freedom of pizza topping yes
1: (laughs) but also not because it's a traditional meal in italy and i'm with my homie dj damianito and he's really serious about it because the food is for uh, the people in italy everything you know everything so you can like, if you do this in Italy and ask for that, they probably would do it, but they will, like, never welcome you again in a restaurant, you know? Yeah. This is, like, something really bad for them. Also, they will put,
0: they'll print your face out and put in every restaurant in all of Italy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> also, um, uh, so be- just because of that, because I respect them so much, and also it, it goes along a little bit with my... Um, You know what I think? Sometimes very good uh, recipes get messed up because of too much stuff. I like simple things. I like simple things. I like pasta with a uh, Pomodoro tomato sauce and cheese. That's it. I don't need any extras to it. I love this. I had the best uh, Pomodoro pasta I could ask for in Italy. It was mind-blowing. Like, for real.
0: Yeah. No, same. That's like my favorite place on earth to eat everything.
1: And the same goes for me with pizza. If someone asked me what type of pizza would make you uh, happy the most, it's like a cheese slice or cheese pizza. I love this. Yeah. Just how it is. I don't need no pineapple and stuff (laughs) like that, you know? (laughs) And, uh, so that's why, uh, we, we, we are making up this joke and with Damianito and our WhatsApp groups with the other champs. And, uh, they were sending in, um, pizzas with, uh, Kiwi on it and pizza oh, with no. strawberry and pizza made out of gummy bears and shit, oh, you know, no, <laughs> like no, 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 no. chewing gum. <laughs> so we, we, you know, like a thing got started and, um, You know it became a topic in my twitch stream as well they start um like uh bullying me with it and
0: uh (laughs) that's so funny did you have some story too, or weren't you saying that like d james and dj puffy they like pineapple on the pizza yeah
1: because in the caribbean they love this type of mix you know so i think that's why d james really love the the pineapple mix okay in Germany, we say pizza ha- Hawaii. I don't know if this, this term... Same, same. They the
0: same do reason. here, they say Hawaiian pizza and they'll put... For some reason, they yeah. say Hawaiian pizza and they put pineapple and then they call it Canadian bacon when they put on there. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like... So what do you... Yeah. What is, I don't even understand that actually now that I say it out loud. But yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah, but you know, this is... Uh, it became a joke. And then sometimes I just also... Uh, uh, sometimes I even uh, make fun of Damianito. Because, yo, we were in, 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 in where was that, in uh, Uzbekistan or something like that? Or yeah, yeah. Some country, and we were in the restaurant. No, Azer, a, Azerbaijan or something. No, Azerbaijan is where I won the world finals. Oh, it yeah. Was, uh, Kazakhstan. It was yeah, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, Borat's home, yes. home country. Got out so Borat. <laughs> w- yeah, we were in the, we were in this c- country in the hotel, we were hungry. So we went to the restaurant and Damianito had some fries and steak and uh, with some ketchup on the side. And I had uh, pizza, Yo, and <laughs> I know he hates put ketchup on pizza. So <laughs> I, I took this, his ketchup and asked him, you can I have some ketchup. And he didn't think it was, he was like, yes. So I took the bowl of the ketchup and put it on on top of the pizza like this and he was literally saving the pizza with his bare hands <laughs> from the ketchup i have it on video <laughs> it's so funny so that's that's how you can beat like him that, in a, in a
0: battle you could put it yeah. on the turntable like a pizza and then just start squirting ketchup yeah. on it
1: <laughs> he'll freak out yeah
0: that's <laughs> so funny
1: <laughs> so you know that that's how all this shit started we make fun of each other and uh yeah he's he's also making fun of of, of me and and, uh, and german things you know
0: yeah and, uh, well, I, you know yeah that's so funny well i know it's funny also like I saw a lot of the memes you were posting from you had like some show or you just like were up on the stage and you just close your computer and like <laughs> yeah. it doesn't you know you don't know if like something went bad or that was just the end of your set. I saw you write the story that the person mm-hmm. after you was not fully ready technically mm-hmm. and you were like yeah. I'm done, I'm out. But then you made like 20 different memes for it. And yeah. funny <laughs> enough, after reading them, it almost relates back to what we were saying how you know, you're you're in Europe, you're in Germany But there's so many similar, like as a DJ and a music person, it's almost like we have the same things no matter where you are, right? Like Because I wanted to ask you the differences of DJing in Germany versus the United States versus all over the world. And then after reading that, it's like you said, uh, when you're mid set and the club owner tells you that you'll get paid in exposure, (laughs) boom, close the computer out, which is so true. Like that is everywhere here it doesn't matter if you're in new york or california so obviously that's a thing in germany and all over the place too right yeah yeah I Why think is it's that? the same. i, mean, I yeah. don't know
1: i don't know but you we all know this and um you know i just actually by the way there was the most i think the most successful instagram
0: post i've ever had was it that makes
1: me ha- yeah happy and sad at the same time. To be
0: well, honest. Well, w- welcome to my life. I'll put out like a remix I work on for two months and then I'll do like a magazine imitation yeah. and people are like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. I'm like, <laughs> why am I doing anything else? I should just make fun of magazine faces. Mm. More people want to see that. <laughs> It ends up, and that too. Me, there's a meme of me just pushing a girl out of the DJ booth, and that's done better than anything I've ever posted in my life. (laughs) It's crazy. But some of them were so funny. Like you said, Girl, can you play something I could dance to? It's like clothes, or like when the local promoter took you to the street food market before the show, which obviously was true when you were in Asia. I yeah. mean, that happened to me yeah. too. I remember I was in Beijing and they like were like we're going to drink Johnny Walker. I'm like I don't even drink that, but all right, I drank it and then they were I was like I'll eat anything and then it went bad. Like
1: yeah. we were eating
0: like frog lungs or lamb lung. Just the weirdest things ever. I was like sure. And then by that night, worst stomach ever in my life. You know, that that definitely yeah. taught me like just if you have a show that night, do not eat the <laughs> craziest stuff, you know, where they're yeah. taking you. Yeah, this, um,
1: this this meme is actually, the video is four years old, and it was at the wow. hip-hop festival in Czech Republic. Uh, and the uh, DJ taking over was ready. He said it's ready, then he wasn't. And then I played another song. That's why I uh, took the control records and everything off. So I plugged yeah. back in and played my, my last song again. And I never thought of making it a a, a meme or something, but then uh, I got reminded by the IG thing, uh, yo, here's a post from four years ago. And I was like, shit, this is actually funny. I should bring it back. And then my first idea was the um, um, girl writing, yo, yo, I'm home alone. (laughs) Do you want to come over? This type of stuff, you know? And uh, yeah, it, It worked like crazy. I tested it in the IG story. And then after I posted it to the stream and uh, added, also uh, I added, uh, someone commented, if your Spotify subscription is ending mid-set. Yeah. And I I thought it was so funny, but then I thought it would be even more funny if i put the beats if your beat source uh, <laughs> subscription is ending
0: It's very yeah. true i know i wonder I, you know what's funny is that i read that and then it made me think i'm like would that happen if you're djing like ton- <laughs> tonight's august 31st tomorrow september 1st if you were like 11:59 and it, would it cut off like right when you're there <laughs> like, i wonder <laughs> they're yeah. uh yeah they're about to um announce um by the time this comes out, I think the announcement will be out that um beat source is gonna be in Serato as beta. Uh oh. so that that's pretty exciting. We'll be able to use it. I've been starting to make my play you know, make some big playlists in Beat Source and um you can transfer them, like I figured out, like that sound is site. So you could take anything you have on Spotify or anything and just automatically transfer it over to Beat mm-hmm. Source, which is pretty dope. This is dope. Yeah, I'm like I'm excited. Uh-
1: yeah, I actually dig a lot of music from Spotify. The algorithm on Spotify, if you use it just for DJ stuff, is amazing. Like I have this weekly show on Twitch, Airwaves, where I play the latest bass music, dubstep, trap, future bass, bass house. And the algorithm on my release radar on my Discover Weekly is unbeatable. I yeah. find at least five or six tracks out of these 25 or 30 tracks in each list that I can play. This is so dope. And I know. It's a hustle to download them. So if I could transfer this to BeatSource and have it in my uh Serato right away, that would be so dope.
0: I mean, and that's surreal. what I was realizing last night. Like I was even going through their site. You know, I know this is BeatSource Podcast, so it's self-promo, but It's the truth. Like I was going through it last night and they've made these acapella. I just typed acapella and I found the curators have made these crazy acapella lists. And I have a lot of acapellas from just being a DJ and us like I have so much vinyl and everything, but there's stuff on there. Plus it sounds so good that I forgot about like from old school ones to new ones. And then I was just saving those into my account because I'm like, all right, I could just mess around, come up with new ideas with old stuff and like and to have it over there because same thing like the spotify algorithm is pretty nuts like it's same thing i find new crazy things so hopefully that transitions into beat source and the ability to trade the playlist between them is like super dope um yeah so uh that will be soon enough and it's cool for the home streaming because yeah when you're out it's like one thing you'll have to down you know you'll have to have your locker and stuff but when you're at home it's just like unlimited and we're all doing these twitch sets so Mm -hmm. what um so so speaking of twitch um you're doing like you said you do a weekly uh show on there um how has that how long have you been doing that
1: uh live streaming in general i do for a very long time since um facebook and youtube um started rolling that feature out i think it was about the time when the s9 came out okay. facebook um uh, also had the live streaming feature if i'm not wrong or maybe a year later something like that but then that was the moment when i started streaming also you remember the time when craze was on Ustream all the time
0: yeah totally and, yeah, yeah that
1: inspired me to do this as well and uh i didn't really did it on a regular basis basis but i did it from time to time and uh, on, I was really, really against live streams on Twitch, to be honest, because really? I, I have 30,000 uh, um, followers on my YouTube. Why should I start another platform? It didn't right. make sense for me at all. And uh, I tried it uh, with a uh, restream. So I streamed to YouTube, I streamed to Facebook, and I streamed to Twitch at the same time. And I've noticed that my Twitch viewer got up. Every time I went live and all the other platforms went down over time. Right. Because there was too much streaming going on in March and April. And, you know, people go for YouTube and Facebook for different reasons. Yeah. They don't, w- they want to, on YouTube, it's like a search engine. You know, they want to they fi- go find the stuff they're searching for, maybe learn some stuff. That's how I use it. You know, watch yeah. tutorials, documentaries, stuff like that. Uh, I'm not really there to watch DJ stuff. And if I do, then a solid mix that runs through with no talking. Facebook is like, you know, like IG. You scroll through your screen, you have it on your device. I don't even check Facebook on my computer no more. So, and Twitch is for me a little bit like a radio, you know? When I turn it on, I see, oh shit, my homie's playing. Let's see what he plays. Like Jay Espinosa, Four Color Zach. Marvel, you know, seeing uh, all the DJs, you know, are yeah. there. And you can listen and enjoy and, and learn new tunes. And every, everyone is so versatile and brings cool new stuff that you, you know, you, know, you never have a chance to listen to your favorite DJs because you're always DJing yourself. But now you have the chance. And that is the cool thing on Twitch. And you also get your reaction if you walk in the chat room. People recognize you, then they come check you out and stuff. You know, the community building on this platform is so amazing. And also the, um, uh, the chance to make some money with it is, is dope as yeah. well. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm streaming once a week, uh, for my airwave show and then on and off whenever I feel like, you know, sometimes yeah. early in the morning. Sometimes uh, on a Sunday afternoon, sometimes I get asked by friends, you know. Um, Sometimes I know that tons of people are at Z Trip and I send them a friendly reminder to please rate me. (laughs) That's smart. (laughs) Uh, smart. Stuff like that. No, yeah. Uh, Yo, Z Trip has helped me a lot to grow my my fan base. Uh, He gave me such a big rate early on uh, that helped me a lot also jay espinoza uh, had, has me on his auto horse li- host list so when he goes offline after his stream uh, it automatically goes to the other djs he has on this list and i think he don't have too many so right. uh, he sends people to my channel as well and i also returned a favor you know i i rated to headspin the other day and that is it is so cool that you can introduce your community to all the others and then you yeah. roll into a, a chat at a friend that you rated a couple of days before and you see your people in there and they have subscribed to that DJ and you know it, it really builds up
0: yeah. you know like I know I don't understand why they don't have that in YouTube or some of the mm-hmm. other sites you know like YouTube is the most closely built to it that could do that with the rating and the chatting and the way it is and showing who's subscribed or not. But I don't know. There's just something about it where YouTube is more about watching, like you're saying, and like who the star of the show, I'm learning from them. Maybe I'll ask a question and step back. But Twitch is like, we're all here together, you know, in the party. And yeah. yeah.
1: Did you know that there is 13 times more people watching music content on youtube than on twitch 13
0: times more no this is Uh, crazy right yeah well youtube is one of the biggest places for music but i think twitch since march has seen it the biggest growth and then they are i think they are actively hiring people and having employees that work there reach out to the music people and try to grow it in the Um, states not in germany (laughs) really it's
1: really different yeah and it's really different we don't have no support from the german team i wonder why
0: i also noticed like some stuff i've read is that twitch i mean obviously youtube is very worldwide but twitch is very worldwide like i think the u.s is a very is a smaller percentage from the whole thing um do you notice like with your twitch sets do you get to um, connect or reach out and connect to other parts of the world that you haven't with your other networks? So uh, because of rates, yes. Okay. I, have a,
1: I have a very mixed audience from people from Asia, North America, uh, South America, and also Europe, uh, Australia as well. A- yeah. Africa, I haven't seen people yet, but also India. Um, but what I've noticed is that but thats is, I don't, I'm not sure about it, but that's what I think is that it's very regional. So when you're a German streamer, you will appear in the German discovery oh, of okay. the music because I've seen all the streamer numbers on uh, North American DJs are much more higher than they are for German streamers. Right? You know, I don't want to compare... Me with other DJs so much, and I don't want to sound salty, but sometimes it really got me depressed to see DJs that, uh, on uh, don't please don't get me wrong, but that are not so well known on a worldwide um, basis like, yeah, I am or I was, um, that have uh, way more people watching right than I had and i had to understand that is totally different that you get not discovered on twitch you need to bring your people yeah it is really hard to get discovered by by people it's like only raids can do it hosts recommendations from other dj's that's and uh, i think in the states are so many dj's the networking is a little bit better than in europe that basically all around the clock There is a DJ playing and a homie that you can rate to. And so, you know, the the flow is going on all the time. So everyone is succeeding in some way. And for me, it was a little bit hard to get into that circle and uh, be um, also in the same flow with the others from North America and also from Asia. You know DJ Ray Ray? She was the first female Red Bull 3 style National champion, and she um, has on her stream every time like seven thousand to ten thousand people, and she's wow. in Taiwan. This is crazy, yes. And uh, she's playing EDM, super sick stream, and also she rated to me uh, one time. And so, you know now I have people from from Taiwan following, and when I'm done with my set, I can send the people to uh, djs in North America, you know and,
0: and yeah I love that I love and the is... collaboration and the how it's connecting everyone in the world in that way, yeah, but
1: uh it it to be to become discovered just from streaming in Germany is kind of hard right in in my opinion.
0: what about like actually doing I know your dj sets are like well, super dope, but super high energy um You know, a lot of them are built for these Red Bull 3 or festivals or big clubs, you know, tons of really dope scratching and all that, which I think actually comes across better on Twitch because you can hear every little detail. But Mm -hmm. some of the big, big drops and all that, like, do you find it harder to DJ on Twitch than in real life or vice versa? Or is it just totally different?
1: To be honest, I was uh, really depressed very, very often. First of all, because of the numbers, you know, and yeah. uh, I always had the, the viewer account displayed on my screen to monitor how many people are watching right now. And as a club DJ, you know, you always have your crowd and look right. at them. And if you clear the dance floor, you do something against it. But on Twitch, it's totally different. If your viewer count drops, this c- can have... Multiple reasons. Yeah. For example, if Fourcalazek goes online, then you're fucked, you know, because no one will watch your shit no more uh, because he has uh, Barack Obama in a fucking interview. <laughs>
0: Uh, he has Bar- Barack Obama eating tacos and telling yeah, him how to yeah. about wrestlers with Valentino Khan, yeah, and
1: stuff like that. You know, Burt, Burt no.
0: Peterson creating the best intro, like better than Steven Spielberg. <laughs> like,
1: what's right, happening, right? Yeah, yo, but all jokes aside, um, yeah, it, it, it really got me depressed to, to, uh, for example, uh, play this Serato stream, and there was a DJ three days before me on the Serato stream and he had 10,000 people watching. Yeah. And after my stream, there was a DJ with 8,000 people watching. And on my Serato stream, I had 120. And I was right. like, yo, what the fuck I'm doing wrong? But it's all about front page or no front page sometimes, you know?
0: Yes, and, yeah. Uh,
1: but, you know, you always uh, put a value or, or something like that on, on you and you want to, you know, want to be appreciated by the platform but you know it is so so different on on twitch and i know
0: um, but i guess i guess some just for the other side of it is that like there i've been sometimes i've been in streams where there's thousands and thousands of people and and it's dope and i'm happy for them and i support and i'll do subs but some of the people that i've discovered that now i will always either tell people they're dope or i'll recommend them or if we're back in the world i can think of gigs that i would be like oh that person would be perfect for it that person would be perfect for this gig oh for radio or if i could recommend their edits and those streams never even had 100 people you know and i would be like i feel like i'm discovering i don't know there's something to that too you know that you never know who's watching and even if it's small numbers, um, you are building a new community, even though you're well-known on the other stuff. Um, but it's the truth, you know, and I appreciate you even telling the truth of a uh, people like us that will have big followings on one platform, but then have to start out in the other. And it it's mentally tough. You do go in and out of like, depressed or whatever you want to say like should i be doing this is this right what's happening and and make you rethink things but but then i think as long as you kind of dive into why you're doing it for the right reasons and start connecting with the right people and seeing your new community build and then it affecting all your your other ones Mm -hmm. um i think it you know it's worth it
1: also also to answer your, your question in more detail is what should you play on your stream yeah should you uh cater to the crowds or should you do you right and i think i found out it's better to do 100 percent you and don't give a fuck about the the viewer count because you don't want these people in the stream that want the music that you don't want to play right because it has to be fun for you and yeah. you should i mean if you're in for the money and you want, like, you don't want to become like the most popular, maybe it's better to play the mainstream music. But I think people will notice really fast that you don't have fun doing it. Yes. And there are so many people out there that like um, niche stuff. You just need to find them. And I think it's really important to do cross-promo and stick with your sound and uh, have a brand to your DJ. Yeah, like, to have a, to, a, a brand or a, a style, a certain style that people know. Oh, I want to listen to that stuff now. I tune in, yeah, to, into this channel. I mean, I like nothing against the DJs who can play all types of styles. But I uh, also I also do this. You know, on a Sunday I will play more like vinyl sets and play all my records. But when I play my Wednesday show, and this is also the show that I uh, record and put after on YouTube, um, this is the music that I also play on my shows. This is the music that I produce, and it is the music where I want my brand SKD Three stands for now, because yeah. many many people know me as the Rebel Three Style Champ and know me for for this and that routine. And I like I I love to do this, but uh, a couple of years ago, a promoter of a big German festival that was interested in booking me told me that he cannot book me if I don't have a dedicated style of music and if i just a DJ, it don't make no sense for them to book me. That was basically the point where I started to make my own songs. And as soon as I had my first records that were also played by other DJs, I had to kind of stick with that style because um, you cannot play like all types of music and then you have this one track that people come for to see you and that's it. No, you have to play more and more of this type of stuff so you get into the scene of that genre to become part of that. Yeah. And uh, I think what I want to... uh, achieve in my career is uh to combine this playing future based dubstep trap stuff but with um let's say like that three style type of dj attitude yeah so perform stuff live but have these bass music playing edm whatever you know and have festival type of show and that's what I'm working on the, all the years. And that's what I also try to do as much as possible on my streams. Yeah,
0: yeah I can see it. I mean, you know, I think you've built that that persona and brand and, and the music up, you know, in a good way. And I think that is important because as DJs, we all start out like, I just want to DJ, you know, and like we love all kinds of music and we could still do those sets, but it it is important to do it for the right reasons, tap into why you're doing it and then pick something and stick to it. Um, And that'll help you with your bookings in the future as well too. And with your community, that's going to watch what you do, you know? Yeah. But I also think there's room to experiment. I watched you one day. I know you didn't have a ton of people there, but I watched you putting together your set for the headliner music club stream. And that was dope. I didn't see the whole thing, but I love that. Like, because that's what I asked DJs about on here. Like, what's your process? How do you do it? And we got, we got to see your crate names. We got to see your cue points. We got to see you going, oh, that doesn't work. Oh, that does work. Oh, I'm going to put that there. Okay, I'm in this key. Uh, you know, I learned just from two minutes of watching you, I learned like, oh, that's what I do. Oh, I don't do that. Oh, that's cool. It's a good idea. You know, yeah. and I th- that was so interesting. And I think that's a cool like window into that you know that people would like to see yeah
1: and you know what it was the most relaxed stream i've had on twitch ever yeah because you know i was it was just me doing stuff that i do and i had people around it was like hanging out with friends so you know yeah. when you invite a dj friend and you go and sit in the studio and go through records you do exactly this right yep I have this, check out that track. What do you think? Oh, could I mix with that? You know, I have this, you know, and I thought this could be something that uh, is interesting for people. And then I also had this, this edit from a homie of mine who put uh, acapella on the, on the beat and it fits well, but I've noticed that the acapella was not in the same way. The acapella is in the original and it, was messing with me, you know, so I, uh, I I re-edited, I fixed it for me, you know, in the yeah. in the stream, and people were like, oh, okay, he's using the RX seven plugin to extract the acapella from a track that he has no acapella to it, stuff like that, you know. I think yeah, this is something, you know, on on Twitch, it's like you're talking to family. I would not put this on on YouTube and tell everyone, but on on Twitch. Yeah. I feel like I can do it, you know, because why not, you know, share knowledge and, and uh, also people on, on, on the stream have dope ideas as well.
0: I know. I want to get into that. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. I have an idea for these shows I want to do too. That's similar to that. And uh, to be like building with the audience and saying, these are my ideas, but what do you guys think? Oh, that's, you know, and then just spark it and go on from there. Um, yeah. What? Uh, so obviously you're full of ideas, you know, just putting together sets. Oh, and I want to learn like about that. But I know that um, you've like created a bunch of cool things that are part of the DJ culture now. Like you were part of helping to design the Pioneer S9 mixer, right?
1: Yo, I'm so proud of that.
0: <laughs> like, and that—that's like time. the mixer, yeah. So yeah. So tell us about that. You said you're so proud of it
1: yeah because you know every time like two two weeks ago i had a live stream event you know in cologne yeah and they uh, i walked in and i saw they had that uh, djm 900 nexus 2 yeah it was like yeah yo do you have the s9 it was on my writer and they said they have it it's like why do you need it this one is better it has four channels i'm like <laughs> yo i created the other mixer together with some other djs and i love this so. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. We get, we we get, we get you one, you know? And uh, yeah. I, then I always tell the story that um, Serato was already working on, on the mixer and it was uh, kind of far already when they started talking to me, but you know, I, I, I won three style in 2014 and the S9 came out 2015 and uh, um Uh, I had the machine on top, same as 4ColorZack. You know, I had the the pads up here and the uh, 62 down here and the Q uh, buttons on the 62 are not so good to do a lot of stuff. So I had a crazy uh, MIDI mapping for my machine controller so I could do tons of crazy stuff with it. And uh, I think Pioneer uh, was interested in working with me because, first of all, i was working with serato already for a long time uh many people don't know this but i was the dj in the in the bridge mixtape video
0: oh wow
1: yeah and uh i was uh the bridge
0: i used to love the bridge It would connect ableton and serato and you could do mixtapes and so much cool stuff
1: yeah so and um um yeah, I was working with Serato already. I've won three style and I, I was I was using uh, pads and, 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 and the mixer and yeah. they wanted to release this unit that had um, all in one. So Rick uh, of Pioneer DJ asked me if I want to uh, try it out and he came to my city, to my old studio and showed me uh, on the first time he showed me some like drafts, like paintings. He had no mixer ready yet. And then he came, I think, back back two times. And we were discussing about the mixer and what it should have and what it should not have and stuff like that. But um, I helped creating it. I was not involved in in the creating process, but I helped. I I gave my feedback. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's such a huge thing to be a part of.
1: Me, Jeff, from what I know, Q-Bird. Um, but I was lucky that I had one of the prototypes. From what I know, it was one prototype in Europe. I had this type prototype. No, two, and one in London. And Jeff had one, and one was in, in Asia and in Japan. Wow. So when, it, when they announced the mixer, I was basically the only one with the mixer, and I could do videos with it. That's so dope. And uh, yeah.
0: What about, Uh, um, I know that another thing that so many DJs use now, including some of the best in the world, um, from Jazzy Jeff to a lot of people, is the way you mark your records. And as DJs from the vinyl days, I mean, we used to have to mark our records crazy, you know, to have the needle drop mm -hmm. at a certain place. And oh, this word and that beat starts there. Um, And then when it got to Serato, we were like, oh, it's just one thing. We're going to put one sticker and we're done. But then you came up with this new way to like use see-through records and put a long piece. Can you describe... And then everybody started doing it. Can you describe what you do and why it's different?
1: I don't know how I came across this, but... um there was many DJs already who marked their records like crazy, you know, with the control vinyl. You were able to customize your record. And I think it was Chris Carnes who put a sticker on the very top of the record, like where you place your needle, like in the yeah. first minute ring, and also in the um in the uh, on the uh, label, you know. So yeah. he ha- almost had a line uh, there. And then I was thinking, yo, uh, I was rocking uh, red vinyls all the time and with uh, white slip mats underneath to make it uh, look really bright. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but uh, I had this idea to put the uh, tape on the flip side. And um, yeah, since then I was doing it and uh, I was... It was 2013 at the Three Style uh, World Finals when a lot of people saw it for the first time. Yeah. I was using uh, neon yellow c- a see-through Serato records and the black tape and the white slip mat. And a lot of people were asking about that. And since then, a lot of people start doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So basically, <laughs> and even you just ser- put black tape underneath it Yeah, so yeah. you could see it through the see-through. And then you have this big marker yeah. to be able to go off of.
1: Yeah, because I was using, you know, uh, I was using Sticker Lock a lot, in Serato right. Scratch Life, There was yep. this hidden feature called Sticker Lock. Yeah, uh, I think it has an it even had a different name, in Serato Scratch Live. Sticker,
0: uh, no, it was. it was called Sticker Lock. I mean, from what I remember, yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, it was it was um, uh, when you load a song. It would load to your sticker the first cue point would start at the sticker position of your record and i thought when nick of serato showed me this i was blown away yeah it's like yo this makes you so much faster because you know all these djs loading the song then stopping the record, hitting the cue point like a, a zillion times to line up with the marker you know and this shit made me so fast yeah, Because I just load a song and I know the cue point is right there. I don't right. have to double check. That was also the time where I stopped using headphones because I don't have to no more. I know, boom, this shit is there. I load, boom, this thing is there. It was so cool. And um, that must be also the time where I marked my records more clearly because I wanted to see the... Uh, minute rings better because you could also drop the needle into the grooves of the serato record and jump to the cue points oh yeah you uh, drop to cue point yeah and i think that was the reason why i did this so i can see the the grooves better and also had it yeah i remember that i also put different stickers for the minute rings so i could see like the different minute rings a little bit better but it was too complicated to do all the time. Then I was like, no, nah, I don't do it right. anymore. But, yeah. you know, um, that, what, what, what was that time? And then I switched to Serato DJ and um, then I was using Sync. And with Serato DJ, there was no sticker lock no more. And also with Sync, it's not working right. no more because the vinyl, um, if you use Sync, the vinyl rotates faster or slower you know and then yeah since i don't use it no more but i still use the sticker
0: yeah that's um that (laughs) that's that's dope no it's good to know
1: stole my idea (laughs) yeah yo for real like this is real talk i'm not mad at them no more but
0: how what did they do
1: because i we know we have these uh, record with Serato crispy crust is my record label. And we made a, a record uh, in a pizza box with a pizza uh, style slip mat. And it's yeah. a clear th- see-through vinyl. I love and, it. Um, Actually, I
0: have it. I should have brought it out for this interview. I don't know where it is. <laughs> yeah. I have it somewhere. And,
1: uh, <laughs> and um, we, 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 um, we, um, we discussed an SK 83 pressing after. And, um, I was like, yo, let's make a record that has uh, this feature with the sticker. And they never got back to me. And then they released it by themselves. And I think that because they have a new marketing team, they ne- the people I talked to, they never knew that I was talking to them already. So I, you can't really blame them. But when I, it came out, I was like, huh. You know, yeah, because they I know did this artist... Pr- artist pressings all the time and i also had these this crazy idea of do a do you remember um a next track on flip
0: yeah oh wait uh like like you could flip the record and it would go to the next next song. yeah
1: yo i had this idea of make a record that has the a and the b tone both on one side so basically the outer ring is the A side the inner ring? Is the B side? I even have a prototype where I put a seven-inch vinyl on top of a twelve-inch vinyl. And you can move the record between these two rings. Oh, that's a good and idea! And load songs. Yeah. Without even touching your mixer, I also yeah. have a video on YouTube on that. And I told them, hey, let's make a record like that. You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, or maybe make a record that has the control tone and scratch samples in in the inner ring. Where yeah. You just like need to like go to phono scratch samples and stuff like that yeah but they never did I had a I, lot of crazy that's ideas. that's crazy but
0: <laughs> that makes me I, I remember like when um, am used to uh, I have a bunch of them like from when he passed away when I bought a bunch of his records and he used to take the 45s and glue them to a 12 inch that he didn't really care about and so it wasn't the same thing but it was like he then he could have the grip of the 12 inch but still play the 45 and so i have all these records of his that are just like the 12 inch with the 45 in the middle so it's similar to that with the 7 inch thing that's crazy i never saw so they put out so serato put out a record with the line pressed into the vinyl
1: yeah i was like let's make a very clear record and um um, deliver it with a sticker right right and they what they did is actually they only press the the a side the b side is empty there is nothing on it oh that's why y- you know when you 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 don't have you you only see the grooves of right. the a side and no
0: yeah the so b side really you put re- the needle and it's just like there are nothing yeah there's nothing here oh that's crazy um, but yeah
1: like no 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 offense it's cool
0: yeah of course now but i mean at the time like like you said you explained it where those people wouldn't even have known what that they were ripping you off you know from the second people um well interesting well that's it's something that's like now ingrained i think in a lot of the way people mark the records and and it helps people dj quicker and do their routines quicker and all that stuff
1: yeah Makes me uh, really happy to see this. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: people like Jazzy Jeff and those people, you know what I mean, using it, I think that's pretty huge. Um, what about, um, man, I mean, there's so much stuff that we could talk about. I don't want to keep you too long. You know, I know it's late in Germany. <laughs> um,
1: I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I'm in the city, okay. anyways.
0: Okay, cool. Um, well, if, you, if you're running low on time, let me know. But yeah, I mean, I want to talk with you about... Uh, three style obviously we've we've discussed it you know in little bits here and there but Mm -hmm. like you said you won the nationals um of your country in 2013 then you came back to win the whole worldwide competition in 2014 um and then since then i mean i think you've been at every single one right around the world doing a guest feature set as well Mm -hmm. as going on these huge tours from your own name and from red bull and stuff um we could talk about it forever but can you give us a little background of just why did you enter the contest what got you into it
1: this is something um you know uh i saw we don't have we don't have three style in germany oh, so okay. basically it was like that that i was djing for red bull in the uh, in the in the a group of DJs. We were six DJs and uh, it was called Red Bull Most Wanted and it was a group of six DJs that they sent to clubs uh, to, to play. Got it. And then I came across a DJ. His name is DJ Cruz. He's from Zurich, Switzerland. And he played this set labeled Red Bull Freestyle. And yo, he played all tons of stuff. He played Nirvana into seven nation army into swedish house mafia into all that stuff and i was already a big fan of that style because of dj am right i I love this mashup type of djing and uh but i couldn't really do it in germany because there was a hip-hop party there was a electronic music party house and techno stuff and mainstream party and mainstream parties in in germany you don't it's not like a open forum at night in 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 the states you know and um, right it's not like djs like us not playing that stuff they play the hip-hop stuff so and you have to stick with hip-hop because they not used to have other types of music in their in the in the set so and right. then i saw this and i was like holy fuck! the energy is amazing you can do so much. You can like surprise the people. And that was all always something that I like so much to surprise people that you drop something, slam in a record, and it's like, boom, take this. And everyone goes off, you know? Yeah, yeah. That is, That was basically what I was doing when I played hip hop. And uh, now I saw a DJ doing this shit with all types of stuff. And I saw people go wild with it. And then I was looking up at the other sets. And then, I, you know, it was also like, I think Cruise and trays were some of the very few that put sets as a video online. Like, you, yeah. s- till today, there is no set of Four Color Zach where you can clearly see what he was doing. There is one set, I don't know, I think it was Mike two thousand six hundred wh- who filmed it from like up there with all the crowd and you can see like a tiny little little four color zach playing his winning set you know yeah so, yeah and now uh, i saw j Espinosa's national set and stuff like that and really interesting into uh, i got the this uh in an, an, an uh, idea of what the three style is and then i was i was uh begging the 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 guys in Germany, yo, can we do a three in Germany? And they were like, "Yeah, it's a good idea, but it's not in my hands because Red Bull is uh, separated into different parts: culture um, and um, selling cans is the other segment. I don't, I, I don't know the English." Um,
0: right, just say- it, sales but, yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah,
1: sales. Yeah, and uh, so they couldn't really do something. And then out of nowhere, I saw in a very, uh, huge mainstream club in Northwest Germany. I saw rebel three style German national final six competitors and I was not on it. And I was like, yo, what the hell? Why is that happening? And I'm not on it. Yeah. And it was, it, it, they made this, party and I think it was not even meant as a event that will send someone to the worlds. It was just like one of these Rebel Three style university type of stuff that they do where people compete so they they spread the, the the idea of three style in the country. But it was successful and then they decided to do I think three or three more regional finals. And then I had a regional final in my city where I was invited and I uh, won it against Remake, a guy who uh, became um, national champ three or four years later. Yeah. And I, I went um, to the national finals, and I was battling against Dangerous, who was also a national finalist two years later. So, 3 Style was in Germany, and I was able to become the first ever Red Bull uh, three style national champ, and uh, it was funny because I had technical issues, and it was re- very close between me and dangerous because of the technical issues I had. And uh, but Headspin was judging, and he he saw my potential. That's what he said, and he said, "Yo, this guy has a chance to to really make a difference at the worlds." And it was a, he was a little bit more unique and that's why i won that night and um i went to toronto and uh uh it was an amazing experience and then i learned a lot about freestyle i learned from my mistakes and then in azerbaijan i came back and i knew i knew what i had to do to win this i was it sounds awful but i i was pretty sure that i can take it yeah that's why i You know, even if there were like super crazy good DJs in the competition, uh, because of the experience I had, I know what the judges are looking for, you know, yeah, I had a good feeling that I can win this. And I was practicing my routines and basically in every set I played before I was playing my routines on my club sets. Right, all the time. So I was super confident with what I was doing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: can test it out. You know the crowd reaction. Yeah. And I think it's important to learn from your mistakes. You know, not get discouraged by like, oh, I didn't win. Okay, I'm done. It's like yeah. you came back, like, oh, okay, now I know what to do. You know, and you really could yeah. go into into yeah. motion. So then, got, once you once you won, how did things change after that? The world. Once you won the world finals.
1: I got uh, because. I, I think the biggest switch in my career was the third place in Toronto because my my um, Elimination Night set got so much good reactions mm-hmm. that put me really on the map. I think so many platforms like DJ City started supporting me from that day on. Yeah. that uh, I, You know, I became uh, internationally known and I was touring already internationally. And in Europe and stuff like that, and I was booked like crazy in Germany because 3 Purista was new. I was the first German to win it. Like I basically had the whole country, all DJs behind me, um, supporting what I was doing, and. Um, and i became world champion and became even bigger and uh, I, I was booked to play my showcases every everywhere in the world and uh, the interest in booking me was very lar- large or and um, i got uh, a chance to play a lot of good shows and uh, they 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 brought me out to many big stages and uh, understood really quick quickly what i need on the big stages to convert the the people in front of me to fans when you play festivals it's different like than clubs you know so uh, I started working on own tracks own music to have stuff that is uh, something that people can listen to when I'm not there you know Uh, like tracks on not Spotify because Spotify wasn't a thing back then but SoundCloud and, and and stuff like that that's when we founded our label
0: right with crispy crust records mm-hmm. and so what are you doing with that now you're releasing music um still on crispy crust
1: uh i released a lot of stuff on other labels in the last time because i want to become uh, more i want to be, be get more into the bass music scene and crispy crust is a german label we released german rap but we also release um, trap stuff with trap killers or small town DJs house tracks with Martin Hörger or future bass with uh, um, Raffik, for example. Yeah. Um, but the uh, um, and also with Holly and and artists. But we are not uh, known for a sound like a record label like Flux Pavilion, Circus Records is known for dubstep. Right. And I want to get into that scene and what a. Get get earn some new fans from from in, in this field, so I have to release on that label on this label. So I was working on, on that and uh try to uh become more well known in in this scene because all the stuff that I have reached in the DJ community counts nothing in bass music, right? If you know the people, you can see it on craze and four color Zach. They know Valentino Khan and flostradamos because they know them for many many years. But right. if you don't, you know, you have like if you become a name in in this scene and uh, generate a fan base, you have to release on the right labels, play the right shows, and stuff like that. And that's what I'm working on right now. That's why I haven't released a lot on Crispy Crust yet, but I made a lot of. Um, more commercial records that are catered to radio market that I will release on my own label because uh, it makes most sense for me and all the club stuff I will uh, release on labels that fit the genre and try to, and I would try to uh, push my
0: brand. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as far as like, you know, I I had a bunch of things I wanted to ask you about, but um, the, um, I was wondering, like, how do you, especially during this time, but how do you stay creative? Like, is there something that's pushing you forward to keep doing it?
1: Collaborating is the key. Um, And that's what I've learned um, last year when, uh, you know, I I was signed to Sony, the the German major label um, part of it, and um, they signed me to... um, a big music manager from a big German EDM DJ uh, came to me, asked me if he can manage me and signed me to his record label. He founded an imprint on Sony uh, and he wanted to have me on it as the uh, more urban type of DJ uh, on his label. And he said, yo, you got to have radio records with real verses, hooks and stuff like that. And, uh, so um, at the same time we also found our own publishing uh, company with crispy crust publishing and all that came together and uh ended up being in a lot of sessions with songwriters other producers writing songs for my project so i was trying to um, make radio records in the style of sk 3 so i ended up being in sessions in london in in berlin in hamburg in uh wales in in many different uh places and road songs road song were collaborating also remotely making songs with with others and uh that helped me a lot to um be stay focused not yeah. be creative but stay focused because now i'm sitting on so many tracks and um, my main goal was to not only have good radio records, but also have, you know the deal, when you DJ and you you created a set for your show, right? You, you Maybe you play this big show and you have a mind, okay, I will start with this record and then I'll play that and we'll play that banger. Yeah. And then you DJ before you had the exact same idea and placed the same records. For example, like Whistle by 4B and T's or Propaganda by DJ Snake would be some big EDM records that basically everyone was playing. So I was like, yep. fuck, I would, these records are strong and they are huge, but I could make something similar that uh, is unique and is, is my style, but will work the same way. So I don't copy them, but I'm inspired by these records, and I make this record so I have a record that has the same energy, but um, it is my own, you know, and it is yeah. not uh, a copy of it. So that's what was, was a goal that I had. So I don't need no turn down for what no more. I have my own. It's not released yet, but this is it's it's the same type of record, yeah. the same vibe, but it's completely different. So if you would listen to it, you, it is, you could easily mix it with that track, but it's different. Yeah. And the same goes with propaganda. I made a track called Make the Record Skip, who has the same vibe to it it's not the same energy because it's hard to like nail a, a energy like propaganda but yeah i try to like make a song like that and then i can play all these records in my set and they will work if i mix it with songs they know and that was my uh, creative goal or my goal behind all that stuff and then also make radio records that i can put on spotify and people play over and over again and become fans of my music and then I can go play these shows and then they see a DJ who can actually do DJ stuff. Yeah. It is like the idea of my, my brand basically, you know, it was a long answer, but this is really like, um, brings it all together. This is my idea of, of, of what I want to do. And so, um, I'm, I don't need to stay creative. Uh, I need to stay focused and finish all this stuff because I'm sitting on so much material from these sessions. And
0: um, yeah. Exactly. I think it's about staying focused, knowing what, why and what you're doing, and then putting the work in. And there will be times where you feel creative or not doing that. But as long as you're working and you're staying focused, then that's kind of the yeah. right thing to do.
1: Yeah. And uh, I want to add, you know, don't, please don't get me wrong. I don't want to copy these records, but that I mentioned, I just want to do something that has the same vibe. I'm im inspired by these records. I don't copy them. I don't uh, bite them. They are completely different, but I had in mind to do something like that, but with my own attached to it. And if I could play the records for you guys now, you would, see no different no 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 similarities between the records but beside the hopefully the energy that is in
0: yeah in. but in your head and in your DJ set it takes that place of that and you're able to represent yourself rather than just play the yeah. same record everyone else is playing but you can still re- replicate that same energy and feel better and more confident and genuine in yourself playing it right yeah yeah um, what about like since we've, you know, like we were touring nonstop, going everywhere, all over the place. I mean, you were going around the globe. Have you learned anything from the quarantine or having to take a step back? Um, have you learned anything about being resilient? Or is there any lessons that come from it or just kind of just keep working and wait it out? How do you feel? I, you know, I always
1: say that it feels like I just came home from tour last week. Yeah. I don't know why. And on the other side, I, it feels like I've sitting home for forever. I have a show on Saturday and I don't really know what to do.
0: You know? <laughs> I know exactly. It's what
1: you're so weird and yeah. um I haven't been at home for that long for a decade. Same. You know? Yeah. It is crazy, and uh, I don't really know how to answer this question. But uh, you, uh, how can I put this into one sentence that makes sense? Um, it's sometimes it's really hard to don't lose the focus on what you want to reach, and especially as an artist, and DJs are artists. Uh, you have to keep doing. I think waiting for everything to come back to normal is the, the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You just keep doing and find outlets where you can present your art to the people. Because I think we most of us started de- DJing because we wanted to play records for others and the love of the music and this stuff, you know? Like yeah. Jeff is always saying, taking people on a journey and present the the, mu- the music we love to others, and we should keep doing this. And that's what I do on my live streams, and uh, that's what I also do on my Spotify playlist and stuff like that. And share music with each other, and that is what keeping me busy. And uh, I'm not traveling so much no more. I don't travel at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> but <laughs> all but you know, I still I'm, I still try to to, to keep. The same energy and work on stuff, finish stuff, um, and you're building this Twitch channel and all the stuff was a lot of work, you know. Yeah. And the and uh, to get an really idea of what I want to do now was a lot of work, and I put all this energy into this. And uh, if, for me, if I, I feel good with it, you know, I don't feel like unemployed DJ right now. I feel yeah. like I have shit to do. And I see uh, stuff is happening. Um, uh, um, I don't make the same amount of money with it, but you know, uh, how can I say this? Um, I, I, give, I give something to the people and I receive stuff back. So it's still yeah. the, the, the stuff, the, 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 the wheel is still rolling. Right. And uh, I, I don't feel like my career has stopped. It's still going on, but I'll explore other things right now, and it's r- really interesting. You know? Yeah,
0: I think that's what that's. I mean, what life is about, but about but music and DJing is so much about the discovery and the sharing, and that's the one thing we're able to tap into during this time. So it doesn't feel like things have stopped. It feels like other things are blossoming while other things are just marinating or waiting, you know, for us to come back. Yeah. Um, what do you want? Like, what do you what do you want to happen in the future, or what do you think is going to happen in the future with DJing and with your career? Ha, do you still have the same focus, or has it changed a little bit? Your idea of what might happen, or what you want to happen.
1: My idea of what I want to do hasn't changed, but I have to adjust all the time. You right. know, uh, I, I, as all of us, you know love the type of gigs that we love to play, of course, but um, sometimes you look up to play a show in this or that city you never been before, and you uh, you know this will be, you, you hope this will be as good as you imagine, but then you get booked to a place and you have to adjust a lot. You know, that that w- that is happening to me, uh, especially when I tour... Um, Asian countries that I get booked to play three style sets, for example. So they look up my 2014 set on YouTube and they book me and then I arrive there and I'm in a hip hop club and all I want to do is play my bass music set that I just played last weekend on a German festival. Yeah. And I have to adjust, you know, so I always have to adjust with it and, and, and you know, uh, deliver yeah make the promoters happy so they bring me back but also still like push them into the direction where i want to have them and uh um i forgot what the question was but
0: uh no <laughs> uh, just, like yeah, what it's you, just like what what you wanted to if your focus has changed from having to go through this quarantine yeah. and be home like if you still have the same goals with your career and also just as a whole, what do you think will happen from yeah. your DJing and everything? But I think you answered it good. I mean, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We, we need to adjust to the situation. Yep. Like we always do when we play parties. Exactly. And, um, our
0: DJ skills, the way we can do it to music is the way we have to apply it to our life. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. That, that's it. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I hope, I hope, I hope uh, we find a solution that we all can go back and play music for real people. I love being on Twitch, but uh, I love to play real shows. I want to play clubs and also want to pe- see, uh, no, <laughs> I want to see people uh, turn up
0: Yeah, you know, I know.
1: and go crazy and stuff like that and jump around. And I hope we will have this back. And uh, that is, th- that, that is what I want to do. And, uh, and, uh, and, um play shows, yeah. play my music for people and uh, do a little DJ routines in between. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, that, that will be ideal.
0: What about like, uh, speaking of tour and reminiscing, like, do you have any, um, I know it's somewhat generic or open, but any good stories, either tour stories from Red Bull or, an awkward dj gig or maybe one of your best dj gigs or something like that
1: That is a question that i get so often and you know sometimes nothing comes to my mind because there's so much stuff going on
0: of course i know um fuck uh it's what all come, good. Yeah. yeah so I was I was
1: uh, very lucky to play one of uh, the last um, parties that these Styles was throwing at the airliner in LA yeah um, what was the name of it um, it
0: was called um, it was with gas lamp killer uh, yeah
1: but- it's super embarrassing that I can't remember the name. Uh, I still have no.
0: A cr- me too. What do you? I mean, <laughs> uh, what's happening? It's like all this yeah. stuff happened this year has erased our brain from everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's so called um. Su- whoa! Oh God! Yeah. It's like a legendary party in LA, and I yeah. Can't, my brain isn't working right now either.
1: It will be. A, we will put this here as a <laughs> as a title a subtitle. I, I need to add it.
0: Um. I'm yeah, I'm theory. Something with theory. Oh yeah. Low end theory, low end theory. Yeah. Jeez. What's wrong? So okay, yeah, yeah, I
1: would, <laughs> so I'll say this again. Um, so yeah, I, I'm super, uh, what, what came to my mind first was the low end theory party that I was able to play. These styles invited me and I was so happy that I could be part of that because it's such an iconic event. Yeah. Uh, this is something that I'm super, super proud of. Um, But also uh, the the party that happened in Azerbaijan where I won the three-star finals. But the year after, when I came back for the first time, it was so crazy. I felt like fucking superstar DJ in this country, you know, because we basically built the scene there. Yeah. I don't want to say that they didn't have DJs. They had great DJs, but for the mainstream, Red World 3-Star really uh, opened up the eyes of the mainstream crowd to what DJs can actually do. It yeah. was super dope to go back there and, and play. And then, yeah, also I love to play this uh, German festival stuff, you know. They, I have my fans. They know what to expect. I play my tracks uh, I play my remixes and this makes me super, super happy to, to play my own music. And yo, I think the best gig I had this year was uh, I, th- I think like one or two months ago in, uh, in an art gallery in Dresden in my city. You know, Dresden is known for um, Baroque um, and Renaissance uh, art. Mm -hmm. And we have these super, super old um, art gallery and paintings and sculptures and and stuff like that. And there's this old building by Raphael. It's called the Sistine Madonna. It's a super famous painting that I think everyone has seen in his life at least once. It's this picture where uh, two uh, uh, angels pointing the fingers to each other. Yeah. Yeah. and I was DJing in front of this painting and played a live stream set. And it was f- crazy. I,
0: so dope. I saw just the images, yeah. just a picture yeah. of you standing in front of the painting and in the museum. At first, I'm like, is he using a green screen? And then I was like, oh, no, he's really
1: there. Yeah. So cool. It was, it was fantastic. And uh, it was actually really hard to DJ in there because we couldn't make the the speakers very loud because um of the they had uh they were scared if the the um the base will pa- knock off the painting not the painting but the only vibrating the uh, oh, it's not paper it's something right. else yeah but the uh canvas uh, oh, if wow. this starts vibrating it is so old the, the 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 paint could fall off and stuff like that you know <laughs>
0: You're it's like, my. my... that's how crazy your drop of your song is. You just ruined yeah. the Mona Lisa. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <"Whoa."> <laughs> that'll be a cool video. You're like, propaganda. Yeah. It's like, ah, and then all the, <laughs> her face changes. She's like, ah. yeah. <laughs> you give Mona Lisa like a screw face. She's like, that's yeah. hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was this year. That was a really, really dope gig. And uh, yeah, maybe there were like a l- lot of, uh, yo, also, I had a show in Kansas City in a, in a club, hotel nightclub or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I've been there. Dude, I was playing in this club and they were all so excited to see me and they built me a stage. And at that time, I had Rocky as my intro. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yo, and the fight broke out. A fight broke out in During the middle that of song? My, yeah. They, <laughs> they were perfect. like really like f- fighting each other <laughs> like crazy, and the whole club was shut down. Everyone had to leave, and that was it. That was my <laughs>
0: club. That
1: the was intro, my set.
0: yeah, that was grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. god! <laughs> wow.
1: And then I had to DJ at the bar next door. It was that's crazy. Yeah, they w- that happened there. That was and you a know big what?
0: fight. If they're going to shut the whole club down, yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, they brought me back like three times after that.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That happened to me once I DJed this place. It was like two-hour drive outside of LA in this middle of nowhere, kind of at a casino. And they had me on this insane DJ booth. You had to go all the way up. It was like way above everybody. It was outside looking over these different pools. And the DJ booth itself would turn slowly so I could go around, which kind of seems cool but it was not because it was not very well built it was, it was just weird <laughs> and I remember getting up there playing like a song maybe one song if that or two songs and I see a fight break out and there wasn't even that many people and I see these guys kind of getting in each other's face and the one guy just punches the guy one punch and the guy falls back and like hits his head like on something like a curb and They look at me and they're like, turn the music off. I'm like, all right, I turn it off. And they're like, the like cops come and all this. And they're like, we're done. You're you're leaving. And I'm like... I just drove for two hours to get here, put on my first song. I mean, you just flew across the world. but And I'm like, and that's it. And then they're like, that's it. Sent me home, two hours, so four hours in the car. I get back home. And then the club closed and never reopened again, too, which was crazy. I'm like, because I was supposed to like have other gigs here. (laughs) So we both shut down a club for good.
1: (laughs) Yo, this reminds me of something. Do you, uh, what is the name of the club in Hard Rock, the pool party? Rehab, right? Uh,
0: yeah, Rehab.
1: Yo, Ease brought me out there. Yeah. I was playing with him at Rehab, and I saw all these crazy photos of this beautiful women dancing in the bikini <laughs> yeah. full of people, you know, and we came there, and we were like, no people. I am like, what? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah, it's after season. It's a little bit slow, but it will pack up later, and you know, okay, cool. So he started playing, and I was on after. And really, people came in, and it, there were some people, but it, I, I already knew it won't be a great show. Yeah. And nobody really cared what we were doing. But the DJ booth was LED wall, DJ table, another LED wall in the back. And at some point in my set, yo, more and more people started standing in front of the stage like not right in front of it let's say like 10 meters far from it yeah and staring at me and watching what i was doing and i felt so great and they started cheering in the middle of i was not even doing stuff and they were like yeah <laughs> i was like yo what the fuck is going on yo and then i turned around and they put a fucking football game on the LED wall while I was DJ.
0: <laughs>
1: no. I'm like no.
0: no oh god they had a
1: fucking football game on, oh on the god. on the LED wall and they were cheering their, for their team And
0: that's so funny
1: it was so embarrassing as that's
0: a, basically the same as when you post a meme on your Instagram and more yeah. people watch that than the DJ said <laughs> that's the same thing but in real life oh my god that's so funny that's i mean depressing and funny i know i mean i remember i played i play in this place in belmar new jersey and they had crazy sports on all the screens and you wrote me one time you were like they're putting sports on all the screens during your dj set (laughs) little did i know you had experienced that but i'm like i know i mean i can't tell if they're cheering for me or the baseball game or like what's happening (laughs) that's like oh shit this that's is i don't know that's some american shit right there i had i had rehab oh my god i dj'd at rehab at body english i mean uh at uh hard rock and it was like almost 120 degrees fahrenheit and my computer would not stay on like it would play one song and then the, the serato thing would start to go tick 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 and just the whole thing would stop <laughs> And the person from the club was getting so mad at me, like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's not my, we're like DJing on the sun right now. We got to the point where we put, they had a piece of frozen clay, which I've never seen before, because I guess it doesn't have condensation, no water. So they had frozen clay and then dry ice and they're putting dry ice all over my computer. And that was the only way to keep it on, but it gets so hot. It's just ridiculous out there. Yeah. That's crazy. What about um? You have all these good tips for your music. Uh, I mean, your record marking and all the stuff. What about music organization? Like, I kind of was trying to see it in your stream of how you're putting your set together. Is there any mm-hmm. um tips that you could pass on to people that help you in your music organization?
1: Um, I so I have um, I download music. And I put it into, not into iTunes. That's the first thing. I don't use it at all. Okay. Because I had big problems with it all the time. M- missing, cre- you know, I tag my stuff uh, a lot. And if you change stuff in Serato and then the ID tag get changed in iTunes, then it moves some to some different locations, stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't right. f- uh, use iTunes. Um, so. What I do is I have a year folder, a monthly folder, and I just drag in stuff. And then, if I import new music, I tag it correctly, I set the beat grid correctly, uh, put the genres, and if they have relations to other track, I also like put it in the comment box. So I'm really, you know, I'm 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 really organized with that. And then, um, what I do is. Um, I have some um, sets that I play over and over again. I call them my performance crate, and the yeah. performance crate holds sub crates with little mini routines or mini mixes, like five or six tracks that fit together very well. Okay. And um, uh, if I get new tracks that will work with them, I just add them to the mini sets. And when I go to a show, I have like five different intros, and then I can, and then. I go with these mini sets and put them together as they will be like single songs, you know. So if I go into that routine, I play these five songs and then I can go after that to wherever. And uh, that was the way I was DJing when I was playing a lot of clubs. But uh, it has changed so drastically um, since I became a festival DJ because... Uh, believe it or not i became a lot of fans because of the festival shows Mm -hmm. and they came to my club shows and the club owners told me to don't play my festival set because it's a festival set it's not a club set you know this is different vibe but people came to see me play the festival stuff again they wanted like to get wild and stuff you know and the club owners booked me because of my three-star background know that i'm a good club dj so I had this uh, misery that uh, I had to like play for this crowd and that crowd, and also the people that don't give a fuck about the DJ at all—they just <laughs> there to drink—and yeah. I have to like uh, make it work. And uh, that's when I started uh, to have fixed sets that holds a lot of my own tracks and have edits of my own tracks that are very popular songs like old town road drops into one of my songs oh, a little oh, similar see. to what Benzi is doing with his yeah. edits but i don't use uh so hard drops and um uh, because simply won't work in german clubs right uh, but um um i i uh have sets that are basically done and i just see if they work or not and then i go with what i feel like and i just go with it in clubs usually i let the music breathe a little bit more but if i've been booked for a showcase especially if they put the three style tech on it i always feel the pressure that i have to show off you know and and uh play my stuff and also always want to take the chance and play my own music yeah, sometimes i play you know i play the stuff and i already know they won't like it but you know fuck it i just do it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and, uh,
1: yeah so i have sense. i have prepared sets that i can play from i have these mini sets that i can use and i have uh the folder where the, the last tracks that are added to my collection and the big rule that I live by is to don't add any music to your Serato that you don't ha- uh, don't like because when I got Serato I put all the mp3s I could find in my Serato so I have it just in case and it, I, I found that I lost my style you know when yeah. we were on vinyl we just bought records that we really love and Every DJ had its own selection.
0: Yeah, so true. And
1: uh, was, you know, was known for this and that. And uh, since I live by that code that I say, yo, if I don't like the record, I don't put it in uh, way, I gained way more fans because I was different to the other DJs. And I think this is a big, big selling point to be different you won't be loved by all the people, but you will love, lo- be loved by the people that will matter to you and you matter to them, you know? Yeah. Does it make sense?
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, y- you could try to be ev- everything to everyone, but you will never be, you know, and you'll just disappoint them and disappoint yourself. But if you want to be happy, you have to follow your own genuine thoughts and likes and then the right people will be attracted to you
1: yeah sometimes i even end up on the stream playing a song that i have on my computer and i, I play it and i'm like oh fuck i hate this song Now just dele- play the next one and delete it right away because i never <laughs> want to you know yeah sometimes you 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 know you get promos and you
0: I know well, you, I got to clean out my, I keep telling myself I work on it, but it's so, so much music. I'm like, uh, how can I, I almost want to restart my whole library oh, from you scratch.
1: Don't, you don't have to, I can, uh, I can uh, explain you a way, way, where uh, how you can uh, do this really c- quickly, like you, in okay. only a couple of hours. Uh, what you basically need to do is if you are organized with all your tracks and crates, Basically, what you need to do is uh, take all the important crates and drag all the uh, songs that you have in these crates into one big crate. Okay. And then uh, use the file organization system in Serato to move the files to a different location on your computer, move. Then the, the links in Serato will stay the same and all the others that are in the old location, because you have moved all the important stuff, you can delete, and then they will show up as missing files, and then you can just delete, delete the, uh, the, the 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 broken links, and then your library is clean. You will miss some stuff, of course, because they were not in the crates, but you can get rid of a lot of stuff real quickly, and you still have your most important stuff because. It is in your pl- crates and playlists anyway. Do you I understand th- what I was I saying? I think I
0: understand. <laughs> I have to listen back to it, Adam, But I, I so so you so for example, you have um what uh, big hard like big room hard trap or something, right? As like let's a say West Coast hip hop. Okay, uh, all West my Coast favorite
1: hip-hop. West Coast hip hop are in one crate, right? Yeah, and I always play from that crate when I search for West Coast hip hop. Right. So that means all the West Coast hip hop that I don't play often is not in that crate. Yes. So I move all the stuff that is in the West coast, crate to a different location on my hard drive within Serato, not in the finder within Serato. If you press file, you can move stuff to different locations. So maybe make a new folder on my drive and uh, move stuff over and then basically all the other West Coast stuff that is still in the old location is the stuff that uh, is not in my crate, so it seems it's not necessary to have. Got it. So, and then I I don't delete it. I move it to external drive.
0: Right. I get it. So if you've made the crate of the, the best West Coast songs that always kill it, but then you have a ton of other stuff... You then take the stuff, you drag the West Coast stuff out into its own thing, then put it into a new folder, then everything that's left will turn red and you can just delete it from Serato and then put it onto an external drive.
1: Yeah, you put it on an external before that, but yeah, that's exactly how I do it. Got it. Oh, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, that is really fast, but you know, what will happen is that you remember... Especially when requests come in, you have this song and then you don't have it no more because right. you you never had it in a crate or you search for these a cappella and you didn't had it in the crate. So you you know I I copied everything on the hard drive and I always carry this hard drive with me. So if I really need it, I have it with me. I just plug it in, drag it in, and in, in, into right Maserato again and go with that. You know
0: yeah and then that's the beauty of actually uh plug beat source (laughs) because if you if you search it and then you have it turned on it'll come up and you go oh i don't have it by serato but i can stream it if you're in the right place so kind of a cool thing with that that's dope that's 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 a good tip for people i think to help with the quick organization not just have to go one two three through like fifty thousand songs um, yeah,
1: because you get rid of all the stuff that you maybe haven't touched in ages you know right
0: yeah the less the better to me a lot i'm the most creative when i have the most constraints or when i have less things to work on i've made some of the best beats some of the best mixes when it was just i only had this many songs or this many plugins to work with when i have too many like it's paralyzing or you lose your style like you're saying because there's too many options hmm
1: also there's um, like tons of edits of songs you know oh you- so
0: many like twenty thousand. you know you have a hundred edits of this one song and like i don't even know and then when you're djing live you can't listen to them and think so it's pointless and you just skip it yeah um what i had a couple more uh internet questions and then we can get to a little more things and uh get out of here because i know it's it's after midnight out there um, i
1: don't want to be you and edit this shit
0: <laughs> what oh yeah well it's all good it's uh definitely this is it's a podcast so we just let it like you said we let it breathe just like the songs in the club. okay fine <laughs> people are gonna listen to all this if they don't want to hear something they can fast forward through we you know any little parts where something happened where we got stuck we'll edit out but um people are going to hear all this pretty much. Um, so uh, someone asked, B Lawrence dub asked, are you still partnered with sound switch DJ? Is that something you're still doing? I
1: talked to, I talked to Matt uh, from time to time. Yes. Because uh, I really like the idea of sound switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to use it on the fest on my festival um, show two or three years ago, but it, it turned out that it is working very well with lights that you travel with, but it's really hard to uh, program it into uh, existing light rig, especially oh. on festivals. Because on right. festivals, this is, we don't talk. We don't talk about ten lights of twenty. We talk about hundreds or even yeah. more lights. And this is a little bit too much to handle or it was a little bit too much to handle for sound switch at that point. I'm not sure about the later versions. They're working really hard on it and it's really impressive. And I also wanted to use it for my Twitch streams. Yeah. But uh, what the problem was for my Twitch streams is that the more light you have to go on and switching pictures or let's say frames, your camera and your encoder on your computer has to work more yeah. and your your picture gets blurry. So that's why I didn't use it uh, in my streams no more. That makes sense. But yes, I talk to them very often and I think it's great. And if you have a fixed in environment or club or you travel with your own lights, fuck, this is amazing. Like yeah. for real, I love it. I, I really love it. Is a dope. great idea. And this is the stuff that really let me sit in my studio work on this stuff on bro- programming. And it's uh it's really awesome. I love SoundSwitch DJ.
0: Yeah, dope. Um yeah. well, I mean, people should look it up if they haven't already, but uh I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it more too. I know what it is, I've like seen it, I follow them online, but
1: yeah, uh, what it basically is is you can link your Serato tracks to a light script. So basically you can either use auto scripted loops mm-hmm. that are running with the BPM and the beat grid, right. or you can script for each and every song, the o- own light script.
0: So, you know, the buildup is going to be crazy. And then the hits yes. get, can be minimal and one Yo, thing. Yeah.
1: And they added this crazy feature. This is called auto script where it reads the track and the energy and uh, wow. scripts the track for you, and it works very accurate. That's it's dope. really cool. That's
0: I have I a dope. video
1: on my YouTube channel using it, and you guys should really check it out, especially if you're a mobile DJ. We don't have this in, 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 as in my scene in, in, in Germany, we don't have this so much, but I know it's a big thing in the States where a lot of DJs traveling with lights, yeah. and I think it will make a huge, huge difference if you use uh, something like a sound switch to control your, your lights uh, with uh, DJ software, it's really great.
0: I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Someone else, Shailene Kim asks, will you do some intro to uh, DJing lessons, teaching newbies, the basics of DJing? Are you going to go back and, and help some people
1: out out there? (laughs) I always try to help. um, And, um, I don't want you know, it's, it's, it's weird to say if I would have more time, I would do this more often because we, you know, everyone is at home now, not DJing. Yeah. So we should have a lot of time, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, I'm, I'm busy doing other stuff. And, um, I, what I want to do is like put more stuff like that on my YouTube channel.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, but I think if uh, people ask me for uh, the perfect tutorials to learn scratching or the perfect uh, videos to learn DJing, I always recommend the videos uh, on, on YouTube that already have been made. Like for example, Carlo Atendido, a former three style champ from the Philippines, does a really good uh, YouTube vlog where he explains um, so-called pro routines on budget controllers for example so he breaks down stuff that you think you need like super high end equipment and he does it with like a cheap controller and stuff like that and uh dj angelo from the uk for example yes this super dope scratch tutorials where he explains everything in detail so i rather send people there uh then uh, do the work again because someone did it already like in yeah. a concentrated form, and I'm um, also um, saw that Alice in Wonderland. She is doing uh, DJ tutorials on her YouTube channel, oh, wow. as well and explaining the very very basic stuff on CDJs and beat matching and stuff like that. And it's That's also cool. she she's a nice person and
0: uh, yeah, she is also
1: very um, entertaining to watch because. The way she is, you know, it's. I totally. love to, yeah, uh, listen to her, and I always watch it.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now so she's dope.
1: If, it, yeah, if you if you if you want to like learn stuff like that, there's a lot of um, knowledge on on YouTube already. I wish I had that when I started.
0: <laughs> oh my god, me too. I had nothing like that. I mean,
1: I had no idea what the pitch trader was for. Uh, I was just same. cutting records. I was just. Cutting the next track, and I, I never used that shit till I saw a DJ actually putting two records seamless, seamlessly together for a longer time than the second, you know?
0: That's crazy. When did yeah. you start DJing? Um, the first half of my
1: life was all about soccer. I wanted to become football player.
0: Oh, and man. then that's, I discovered... That's, that's that, my son. My son is like you. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, you want to DJ? He's like, no, I'm playing soccer.
1: Yeah. And then I uh, uh, discovered uh, DJing through German hip hop and rap. And then I got me turntables and stuff. And then and it was I was like 16, 17. And then I started with music. You know, fun fact, uh, in Germany, when we going going to, to high school, you can decide what classes you will keep and which one you will skip and I skip music
0: <laughs> that's so funny and then now yeah. this is your job <laughs> yeah that's crazy um someone else asked i think their name's jan Mir, or i'm not sure how you say it but they said do you use hearing protection when you perform on stage
1: yes i so, started doing it like what
0: uh earplugs or in-ear monitors or what do you do
1: when I was DJing for a band, I uh, had custom, I uh, got custom earplugs, and I really liked them. But the problem is always that you have you have bass in your ear, but not the same bass that you hear outside, and right. it's confusing. If you have these big subs, some uh, meters in front, especially outside, um, it creates a, a weird effect that makes sounds everything slow because the bass is away from you and the music, the highs and mids are so direct in your ear, everything sounds slow. So right. uh, what I got during my live shows for the band, I got a, a board, a bass board where I was standing on, gave me bass v- vibrations to my body and that was working. But it is not so easy to get um, on festival stages. So what you have to do, to do there is like to crank up the monitors like crazy so you get the bass and to be honest I'm not really feeling that Uh, so what I did I uh, I started DJing with hearing protection to just lower the volume of the the monitors and it worked really really well for me and um, it um,
0: but so you still DJ with earplugs but lower monitors?
1: It's it's ear pr- hearing protection. It's oh, okay. not, I don't use headphones and it is because also very often you don't have the mic plugged in your mixer. So you don't have the, the mic on your, your ear. You can't hear yourself, you know? Yeah. So, and you also, I don't want, when I play a festival, you know, I want to like, the, sometimes the stage is, is big. You have to run around and you, yeah. I don't want to plug in and out all the time. Right. And also, I don't want to have like these little like uh, I don't know, say it radio type of thing where you plug in. I don't want to have that stuff. I don't want to make it complicated, but I also don't want to ruin my hearing. So I'm using uh, ear protection. Uh, and actually, the best, the the ones that works best for me was where uh, a, a Christmas gift by Serato. Um, they uh, had these little thing um I'm sure if i have it here um it's a i think a pretty cheap ear pro- ear uh ear or ear protection yeah silicon or something like that i don't know if, if the say it right but you plug yeah. it in and it, it just lowers everything
0: so it's, it's not custom, can. they're not custom, it's just I like have
1: custom ones, but uh, uh But the, uh,
0: these uh, other ones are better, just the basic.
1: For me, they work better. I like them more. Because right. also when you talk a lot of, on the mic and you have the custom made and you, you every time you talk, your ear it's channel so weird. is also it moves, like opening, right? Yeah. I know that, you,
0: that always messes with me.
1: Then it's opening your ear channel and then the loudness gets in and out, yeah, and I had right. the feeling that my ears were ringing, even if I was uh, wearing the protection. And so uh, I got these, the Serato ones. Let me see. Yeah. Yo, here we have them. Oh. Your peas. Okay. Uh, thank you, Serato. And And um, they came in this little box and they look like this. You
0: know? Oh, yeah. Just like kind of a more basic, not custom, yeah. but
1: but they have filters you know and right
0: so they're blocking a certain amount of decibels yeah, a certain amount they, of loudness
1: they're lowering everything and i like them the most but i have uh two different ones as well custom made ones that i use when i uh, need to talk to people so when i'm in fr- uh, before a show i put use the other ones but right. d- during a show i use these ones <laughs> yeah yeah
0: that makes sense. It's tough. I know my ears are all messed up from over yeah. the years. Um, the
1: the big mistake that a lot of DJs do is to don't put them in before they come to the event. If you right. come to the event and be there for thirty minutes and then start to DJ and put them in, game over. This won't work. You gotta. You have to arrive with your hearing protection to make your ears. You know, work yeah, with yeah. the environment. Other no, they have to it. come
0: in and get used to it. And then when you start DJing, it's not such a big change of like, I don't feel the music. I don't feel the bass. I don't feel it. I'm not into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Um, so um, do you have... Um, any advice? Well, actually, let's. We've been talking about all your different places, uh, all the different things you're doing. Where can people find you? Like just straight from your website, or do you want to shout out all your social media and stuff?
1: Um, I'm early and an early adapter of all social media platforms, so I'm lucky to say that every handle is the same on all platforms.
0: That's that's good. It's
1: sk83es. K-E-I-A-3. Okay. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, SoundCloud, Spotify.
0: <laughs> yeah, all Apple of it. Apple
1: Music, uh, Twitch, YouTube.
0: Right, YouTube. Um, all you right, know, so, I'm,
1: yeah. I'm, still, I'm also one of the guys who have YouTube.com slash SK83 because it was like that before. You don't get this no more. It says YouTube.com slash SK83. Yeah. You don't get this no more. That is... Yeah, that, that is cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm basically uh, on on all the platforms, creating a lot of content on YouTube because I think it's uh, uh, a platform that where the content actually stays longer than 24 hours. You know, everywhere else it's gone. Like yeah. Right after <laughs> you posted it, you
0: know. I know it's crazy. 24
1: hours later, boom. Have you
0: had problems like with YouTube pulling stuff down or muting it or at all?
1: Only a very, very few, like Beatles, for example, stuff like that. Um, But uh, I'm lucky to, what do you say?
0: Oh, I was saying that's good to know. For people that want to take their Twitch sets and put it on YouTube and stuff.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, what I do is uh, I'm lucky that uh, I can monetize my content on YouTube, and it's kind of awkward. But if you're able to monetize stuff on YouTube, uh, you can you'll be actually more safe with DJ mixes than if you don't monetize stuff because if you be able to monetize stuff, you can upload DJ mixes, and what will happen is they will claim all the tracks because of content ID yeah and then the original right holders get the money of the monetization and the mixes will stay online oh. so you basically create content for them to generate revenue yeah so but that's why uh, all of my mixes stay up on on YouTube
0: but how do you get it to uh So they know what you're playing or or something like that.
1: Oh, it happens. If I upload a mix to YouTube, the content ID system of YouTube scans the mix itself. Oh, wow. I will get tons of emails that says, yo, your your video this and that is claimed by this and that record company for this and that track. Nothing happens to your account status. This is not a copyright strike, but they will monetize your video. Right. that is what will happen and it is actually a pretty dope solution that's uh, but what you have to achieve is a youtube channel where you can monetize and that means you i don't know where our the follower goal is to right. achieve this but you have to have a following on youtube to be able to do this and you you have to uh, upload your mixes and monetize them but yo i got i got copyright i got a copyright strike for uh, my old town road mashup with my song rave where they said this is kind of awkward because he spread the song all over the internet himself and now uh the the channels that posted
0: <laughs> yeah the
1: song get a strike that was one of the songs where i got a copyright strike for that
0: that's was so funny of all crazy. the songs yeah that's crazy yeah.
1: and uh, i got and, and if you get like, sometimes you get, uh, one song in the mix blocked and then you can decide what you're going to do. You can either, uh, mute it because you still own the right to the picture, but then that will be silence or the other option is to cut the part that they found just out. And then it will skip to right. the, you will have a skip in the mix, but you know,
0: yeah. It's better than it just being gone. So for me
1: personally, YouTube is the best platform to to upload my mixes because you know people can yeah discover new music and listen and actually also pay the right holders.
0: Right. But do you get any of the monetization as well, or just them now? For uh,
1: depends if the content ID don't um, recognize the. Uh, yeah the song then i will but i also have videos like for example i have a tutorial on how to mark your records with your sticker right and it is like you know it has no there's no body.
0: copyright to give it out yeah
1: yeah or i have i have this one video online that uh where i talk about the red bull three style and judging about the judging uh process that i go through when i judge sets sets because oh, right. we get these questions over and over again you will why this DJ win freestyle and not that one? He was way better. Why, you know, is this and that? And yeah, so I made a, a, a video on that, explaining my personal opinion and how I judge battles. And uh, you know, there is the content
0: that lives on
1: on this channel right. as
0: well. Dope. Well uh, I think we're going to you've, you've we're going to get out of here soon. You've told us so much. You've dropped endless gems. We've learned about organizing and doing so much stuff all about you. Do you have any kind of advice or just a message to other DJs out there whether they're up and coming or just doing things like us, you know, a uh, message during this time or advice to them?
1: Um if you ever get offered to DJ for exposure to this
0: <laughs> that's perfect, and that's the truth. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, I don't know. I think the most important thing is really to to to. That's what I. That's what is something that I saw with any every DJ who won freestyle After they won freestyle and people got them the platform to showcase, they really showed what they are about, and. I think this is so, so, so important to stand for something because that is where you find the fans because they decide I like this guy because of the stuff he's doing or his persona or whatever, you know? And this is the most important thing because it's true. Everyone can be a DJ nowadays. It's not complicated no more. And actually, it's cool that everyone can do it. But to be outstanding or uh, at least different enough to uh, be recognized, you have to have some own stuff going on. And it will happen that a lot of people don't like what you do. That is happening to me with the bass music. Like DJ Byte, for example... He calls the music that I play machine gun music <laughs> because he, I don't know, maybe he don't, I don't, I don't want to say he don't like it, but you know, it's not for many people. It's not the vibe, you know, right. to listen to this aggressive stuff. But for yeah. me coming from these EDM early electronic early nineties rave stuff, and then into hip hop, I went full circle somehow. And now I'm back yeah this sounds into a hip-hop type of vibe you know right so that is what made me do the stuff that i do now and i feel like it works somehow and i just keep doing what i do and hope it will work out even better
0: yeah i think that's great advice i mean it's something we discussed through the whole episode just be yourself really be yourself in these situations and really stand by what you believe in and what you want to put out into the world and introduce people to your sound and don't worry if you're not pleasing everyone because you will never ever be able to please everyone just you know do what sure. you authentically genuinely think is is good and real and you'll find the authentic genuine fans like that so i think that's a great lesson um sk83 thank you for staying up late and talking to us over here on the 20 podcast um we will hopefully talk to you again soon and see you in the same place at the same time same country we'll all get to hang out trade music and dope. have a scratch session <laughs> sometime yeah. soon
1: yo spider Man! thank you so much for having me it's a big honor i'm a big fan of the show and i'll watch it uh very often uh, I tune in and you guys dropping uh, so much knowledge um all the time so i'm super proud to be on the show thank you oh
0: well thank you i mean it's an honor having you on here and thank you for those kind words actually before we get out of here who who is someone else or a few people that you want to see on this show that you would like to see dj wise
1: I think my homie DJ Rafiq needs way more attention. I agree. Um, He's super dope. I love him. He is a DJ who won the most DJ world titles on this planet. So he needs to be on the show. He has a lot of stuff uh, to tell. He is a US citizen and German citizen. Oh, wow. And he uh, also created a lot of dope stuff that uh, made it into uh, mixers now for example he was the first who made a uh, pitch play type of mapping oh, on wow. the machine crazy that was the basically the prototype for what is now a standard in all these mixers you know yeah yeah for example and uh, he's also on twitch we all know he's a great turntable list as i said he won the most dj world titles uh ever yeah. and yeah know, we gotta have
0: him on he's a great dude and he's like has a great personality i see him on twitch he's funny and like super skillful but you know you could tell he doesn't have like a big ego about it and uh yeah yeah so okay uh, we gotta get it, him on dope all right well <laughs> thank you again and Please. uh we will we will talk to you soon all right okay thank you very much all right thank you peace Bye. peace And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.